Hello and welcome to Not A Fire Boot Universe, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them. Uh, this is our Christmas episode, because the next episode comes out on Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if I want to do something Christmassy, I gotta get it in now. So to this year... I am rebooting the Netflix original movie Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Okay. I've never heard of this one. It kind of flew under the radar. I mean, Netflix is uh, basically, when it comes to movies, it's turned into like direct-to-DVD equivalent. Yeah. But it was released uh, last year in November, and has, like it's like produced and has music by John Legend. Its cast includes Forrest Whitaker, Keegan-Michael Key... And Ricky Martin. Oh, now that I see the poster, yeah, I've actually did hear of this. And I liked the first half of this movie. Okay. Uh, the, then uh, around uh, partway through Act Two, maybe near the end of Act Two, they—I'm not going to say they forgot their themes. They definitely remembered their themes, but they were like, "We got to address the themes. We're going to address them by saying that we have addressed them. The themes have been addressed. The end." Oh. It's like there were a lot of through lines I thought they were setting up. It's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be good for, like, the metaphor and the character development and, like, the moral of the story. And, like, there are still morals there, but only because they're kind of like, here's the moral. Ta-da. Here you go. <laughs> the uh, the character arcs did not come to the, the soft landing I expected. They were just like, okay, and now we're done. Yeah, that's a bit of a problem. Yeah, and I think that it has something to do maybe with, like, the pacing really starts ramping up uh, in the second act because it's like not a lot of stuff has room to breathe. They're like, well, we have all these plots, so we got to get them and get them going now. They got to happen now. They've happened. Next. Next plot. Next. Next scene. Da-da. 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 And yet this movie is two hours long, and I feel like it's very rushed in the back half. Huh. Okay. So I'm going to do some readjusting, some reorganizing, just to make things flow a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so, the plot of Jingle Jangle. It's about an inventor named Jeronicus Jangle. He's the owner of Jangles and Things, a magical toy shop full of whimsy and wishes and wonder. Uh, and the movie begins with him receiving the final ingredient for the invention. Because he sings a whole song about it, and also because it comes in a canister that has inscribed, engraved on it in this really fine print, the final ingredient for the invention. Okay. And him and everyone in the store and his family, they all sing a song about how awesome it is. And now they're finally going to make it big because with this invention, they'll be so rich. Uh, and he'll be able to close up this store or he'll be like to open up a whole bunch of stores and invent toys for everyone around the world. Okay. And everyone's excited except for his apprentice, Gustafsson, who he just can't get his twirly, whirly, whirly gig to fly because that's the invention he's trying to make. Okay. So he's got the ingredient, and him and his family rush up to put it together, and Gustafsson is like, Sir, can you help me with my adventure? And he's like, I'll do it, I'll do it later. Uh, and then they all like inv- watch him invent the toy, and the toy is a fully sentient Matador doll, voiced by Ricky Martin. Okay. And he's like, ah, I'm alive, and I'm extremely egotistical. And is like, that's great, I'm going to make a thousand of you to sell. And then the family leaves to like, go out for dinner or something, and while he's like, been abandoned in the workshop. Gustafsson walks up and sees the doll. The doll's name is Di- uh, Don Juan Diego, a sentient matador doll. Okay. 
And Don Juan sings an entire song about how the two of them have been abandoned by their creators, and Gustafsson should steal Geronicus's book of invention ideals and go into business for himself. And so he does that, uh, and then the family falls on hard times because the huge, spectacular, sensational invention that Geronicus promised his investors, that it's missing now, and... Mm -hmm. He's so distraught by the events that he can no longer invent, and then his wife dies of dead wife disease, I guess. Yeah, okay. Oh. <laughs> Died of a broken heart. Like, remember that one English story? Yeah. <laughs> or Star Wars? <sighs> Look, going through stressful shit ain't, isn't good for your health, but honestly, the amount of people who die from broken hearts in fiction. Yeah. That being said, a hot take, but I am going to keep in the wife dying of dead wife disease in this, uh, because I do like Geronicus's second love, who shows up, who is a relentlessly horny postwoman. Okay, cool. <laughs> and I kind of love her. <laughs> cool. Uh, but anyway, so Geronicus is distraught, and his daughter, Jessica, realizes that she's basically lost both parents because mom's dead and dad's dead on the inside. And so yeah. she keeps trying to, like, do her own inventions and, like, show them to Geronicus, and he doesn't listen to her, and so he says that she'd be better off without him. And so she leaves, and she starts a family of her own. And so 30 years later, we come into this, after, yeah, after this 20-minute prologue, we, we jump yeah. 30 minutes later, no, not 30 minutes, after 20 minutes, we jump 30 years later. <laughs> yes. And we meet uh, Je Jessica, not Jennifer, Jessica's young daughter, Journey. Um, okay. and she is also an inventor, whole family of inventors. Yes. And Journey really wants to go visit her grandpa's toy shop, but mm -hmm. her mom said only with her grandpa's permission. And then one day she gets a letter from her grandpa saying that he wants her to come visit. And so she goes to visit him on her own. Mom will be back to pick her up on Christmas. Uh, and, but when she gets there, it's not a toy shop anymore. It's turned into a pawn shop and like repair shop. Yeah. And Jangle is now played by Forrest Whitaker, and he's all like old and tired and curmudgeonly and da 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 da. Yeah. And the bank keeps on trying to foreclose on the on the shop because he hasn't invented anything in thirty years, and he he pulls out like his super powerful abacus to calculate uh, based on the, the the factorials of sensational and spectacular to determine how long it would take him to invent something. It's like, oh, it'll only take me two thousand years. <laughs> and the bank is like, listen, come up with the money or something you can invest in, or we are foreclosing on the shop. Good day. Yeah. Also, Jangle has a new apprentice named Edison, who is a klutz, and that's his character. Oh, okay. He, 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 you'll hear something crash off screen, and he'll just shout, I'm okay! And it's cute the first time. Yeah. Um, and then also, yeah, there's uh, Miss Johnston, who is a sympathetic yet relentlessly horny postwoman <laughs> who keeps on trying to flirt with Jeronica. She calls him Jerry. Aww. And she sings a whole song about how the world deserves to see him smile. And he's like, I don't want any of this. I, I, I'm not interested in getting in, uh, entangled with this. Mm -hmm. She is played by, where are you? Lisa Davina Phillip. And the grown-up Jessica is played by Nika Noni Rose. The, uh... Journey is played by Madeline Mills, and the grown-up Gustafson is played by Keegan-Michael Key. Okay. So, and speaking of, meanwhile, Gustafson now has, like, this huge evil Willy Wonka toy factory, 
where he produces all of his toys. And now he does a whole musical number because the Magic Band Gus is going to show you the latest, greatest invention. It's the Twirly Whirly gig, uh, which, like, after the whole musical number proceeds to break down and explode and attack, like, one of his investors. Oh, no. So they all storm out. Because it turns out that uh, Gustafsson has gone through every invention in Dronicus's book and mm-hmm. stolen all of his ideas. And now he has to use his own ideas, but he can't think, like, all he has left is the Twirly Whirly. And he still can't get it to work. Also, Don Juan Diego is still there, and he just is constantly sassing him, and it's like, you need to invent more things, or else we will not be able to support this lifestyle. And so, yeah, uh, Don Juan Diego is basically a doll that's uh, using Gus as a sh- sugar daddy? Okay! Maybe with, probably, most likely without the sex stuff, but... Yeah. He's, he's basically a parasite. A, paras- a little shitty parasitic doll. Okay, so he's Bender without the alcoholism. Oh, yeah, or the occasional charm. Yeah. <laughs> At least Bender can bend things. Exactly. I <laughs> know, uh, Diego can probably do the bendings now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Journey shows up, and she's disappointed that her uh, grandpa is all shitty and lame now. And she tries to like help him with his inventing. Uh, and so here's here's the thing. Is that so? Clearly, one part of this is ooh, women in STEM, and that's good. I'm yeah. not decrying the concept of women in STEM, but I am decrying the concept of movies who try and promote it because they're usually weird about it. Yeah, and this this goes extremely weird because they're they're not actually using science. They're using things like the the circumference of sensational and the square root of possible and stuff like yeah. that. It's like magic, basically. We we collapse the waveform using the power of belief. It's basically steampunk steampunk magic. Yeah, and like I, I like parts of it, but I think, I I guess it needs to be more explicitly magic. Like mm-hmm. the whole, I I really really like the idea of the belief because of stuff that happens later and the importance of believing in yourself and believing in your abilities. Yeah, but I think it would be more inspiring. If Journey, like, was already working on, like, normal science stuff. Yeah. And then when she meets Geronicus and she finds out that the reason Geronicus could make all these cool things is because he was using a new area of science that played on, like, abstract concepts and human emotions in order to power his machines. Yeah. Because he kind of reads to me like a Drosselmeyer-like figure from the Nutcracker. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm, I guess Don, Don Juan Diego, I think in my version I want to make him... Like, still a matador, but more explicitly nutcrackery. Yeah. Just because there's, like, they keep talking about Christmas, and it is set during winter, but there's not a lot of, like, Christmas aesthetic in here. Yeah. Like, it's a Christmas movie because it takes place during Christmas, and we're told it's a Christmas movie. But it could use a little bit more, like, red and greens and an evil nutcracker. Yeah, and maybe, like, whoever composes the score could take a couple, you know, cues from Tchaikovsky, basically. Maybe, yeah. I yeah. mean, also, the music is very good. Yeah. Like, I d- very few adjustments to the music. I think, actually, yeah. I think it's only really one song that I want to play around with. Okay. Um, but all the music is very good. Okay. And the talent is very good. Like, that's, it's, it's, it is mostly a good movie. It's just that me, me personally, <laughs> I have gripes about how, how it uh, lands, how it fails to stick the landing, in my yeah. opinion. Um, also, speaking of steampunk, it's also a very steampunk movie. Like, the whole... Yeah. Almost entirely practical sets, the, and really the only CGI stuff is when occasionally they'll do these montages where, like, in like it cuts to CGI puppet versions of them, like wooden puppets okay. that, like, 
go through these like tableaus and scenes and like like Neat. just doing slow walking arounds and it's very cool. Like I would watch a whole movie with that, but I also like that it's just like doing for used for the time skips essentially. Yeah. Also, and uh, Journey has like gears and stuff woven into her hair. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's very cool. Just the costume design is also very cool because I I have mentioned this is a very black movie. Yeah. Like the 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 entire cast is black. Most of the extras are black, or at the very least, not white. Yeah. Um, and all the hairstyles are looking extremely good. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so I th- my my first major change would be like instead of Journey already being like, oh yeah, I've already been tinkering with the concept of human emotions to power my inventions. It's like, oh, she's learning this by going through Geronicus's old notes. Like he. Yeah. That when she shows up, he has her sign a contract that she will not like look, touch, or think too hard at anything. Mm-hmm. And but she ends up doing that anyways because she's like ten. Yeah. But then, like, part of their bonding thing is when like she's not familiar with con- like using abstract concepts in her equations, but she catches on pretty quick. And he's like, "Oh, you're a lot like your mom uh, in that situation." Mm-hmm. But then later on, she meets Edison, and then they're wandering around his old workshop, and they find an invention that her mom was working on and then abandoned when she left. And it's a yeah. robot called the Buddy 3000. My second change is that I'm going to make Buddy 3000 louder because you can barely hear him in this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> because also Buddy 3000 is a sentient robot. But he's like a baby. He's like a Wally, But he can fly and also he has telekinesis. It's fine. Okay. Um, And yeah, and Buddy is powered by belief. Like, Journey believes that he works because he was built by her mom. And so he does. And then when Geronicus shows up, he powers down because Geronicus's disbelief is too strong. Yeah. And so they, they want to like use Buddy as the invention that the investors will give Geronicus money for. And then Gus and Diego are like, let's break into the workshop and steal more plans because once an inventor, always an inventor. Even though the whole premise of the film is that he can't invent anything anymore because yeah. of the depression. Yeah. Uh, they break in, they they see Buddy, they can't steal Buddy himself, so they try and convince Journey to steal him, and they're mm-hmm. like, we're just doing this to help out your grandpa, and Journey's like, you're obviously not. And then, like, Journey and Geronicus bond by having a snowball fight with each other, and they end up, like, recruiting a bunch of kids from the neighborhood, and it's very cute. <laughs> also, Journey uses, like, quantum physics to <laughs> create, like, a snowball, like, knuckleballs that fly through the air and over <laughs> to each other. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> nice. It's it's great. Yeah. And and then at some point during this uh Gus is able to steal Buddy. Uh so Journey and Edison chase after him and then when uh Drunkus finds out he chases after them and then Gus tries to show off Buddy and Buddy doesn't work because and so then he decides to throw him in the incinerator, so Journey and Edison have to save Buddy from the incinerator, uh, and then Geronicus oh, gets it's there, Toy Story and they're all like... all over again. I'm sorry? <laughs> it's Toy Story all over again. The, yeah, so they save him from the incinerator, and then they're trying to, like, drag the lifeless Buddy 3000, like, through the drain pipes to exit, but there's a big fan in the way. And then Geronicus is on the other side, it's like, you have to go back, we'll find another way. There's no time! The factory is literally exploding! <laughs> and Drunk is like, it's impossible to get out. And then Journey's like, but what about the square root of possible? The formula you've been working on. Here's the thing. This is not a formula that Geronicus has been working on. Also, when Geronicus is inspired to use physics equations to figure out how to get the kids out of the drain pipe and through the big fan, 
he doesn't use the emotional stuff. He uses the real math. He doesn't say, oh, you guys gotta come in at the angle of belief and the square root of possibility. He's like, no, you have to come through a 35-degree angle traveling at 15,000 uh, seconds per, per mile. Okay. So this is the first, the first instance of real numbers. The only yeah. instance of real numbers used in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and so they're, they're trying to get through, and he's like, you gotta slow down so you can slip past the fan ba- blades. And then Buddy wakes up, he's like, slow down! And then he, like, you, extends his arms like Bender to, like, s- stop them from going too fast, and they fly through the blades, and Veronica's like, Journey Edison, you're great work, you're both great inventors. I'm Buddy, oh shit, Buddy's dead. Anyways, uh... And then Miss Johnson shows up. Oh yeah, because Miss Johnson gave him a ride up in her truck because mm-hmm. she convinced him that he has to let people in. Yeah. Which is like the other moral of the story is like, hey, when shitty things happen, please let people in. I know it's rough, but abandoning your family is not it, even if yeah. it seems like a great idea at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they ride down with Mrs. Johnston, and then uh, Jessica shows up, and she's like, I came to get Journey a day early. I hope she uh, wasn't a problem for you. And Jeronica's like, actually, no, she was great. Um, oh yeah, at some point in here, I can't remember where, but at some point, like, Jeronica's and Journey, they have a falling out again, because he still couldn't invent anything, and then, the, so he was trying to pack up the shop, and then Journey reveals that, uh, she faked the letter from Jeronica's to get her mom to send her there. Oh. Because when she first shows up, Jeronica's is like, who are you? I don't, my granddaughter's name is, like, Julia, and she's like, no, it's Journey. Oh, okay, fine. What are you doing here? And it's like, why Why is he confused if he invited her? But he didn't invite her. It was a forgery. And anyways. Um, but yeah, so Jessica shows up and she uh, reconciles with her dad. And her dad reveals that like he tri- he wrote her a letter every day, but he never found the right word. So he now has just like a whole sack full of unsent letters to his daughter apologizing for all the stuff. Yeah. And it is a really, really good, powerful scene because his daughter, Jessica, is like, like, you never wrote to convince me otherwise that it wasn't my fault. Because he's like, but you know it was like, yeah, I know it wasn't, but I was a little girl. And you, like, stopped everything that I loved about you after mom died. How am I not, how was I not supposed to believe that I had something to do with it? But yeah, they reconcile and then they repair Buddy. And then Gus and Diego show up and they're like, Jeronica stole my robot. And Journey's like, actually, Jeronica signed the blueprints in invisible ink. So then the police arrest Gus, and Jeronicus takes Diego, and he's like, d- takes out his power core, and he's like, I will reprogram you to not be an asshole, and then <laughs> mass-produce you. Which is the equivalent of every Chucky movie saying, what if we made more Chucky dolls? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then this whole thing has been a framing device told with an old woman uh, telling the story of Jeronicus Jangle to her grandchildren, and at the end it's revealed that the old woman is Journey, and that the children have also inherited the ability to toy with the fabric of reality for purposes of science. <laughs> also, Buddy is still around. And then they all fly to Jeronicus's factory like they're Peter Pan. And also, Jeronicus is still alive to, you know, teach d- d- reality-warping science to his great-great-grandchildren. <laughs> okay? So, anyways. Oh, yeah, and also, like, just as Gus is being arrested, Jeronicus is like, wait a second, Gus. And he, like, pulls out a present. He's like, I've been holding on to this for 30 years. It's the part that'll make your twirly-whirly work. And Gus is like, oh, thank you. I'm good now. But he still goes to jail. So, my idea to kind of twist and rearrange this. First off, I do really like the power of belief. Yes. <laughs> it's shown in as hell. <laughs> yes. Uh, and it's also Christmas as hell. So, mm. the thing I thought they were building to was that... Uh, 
Dronkus was going to tell Gus that, oh, your twirly-whirly didn't work because you didn't believe in yourself. But I always believed in you. And then when Gus realizes that he, like, he can be a good inventor and he doesn't need to always be in someone else's shadow, that's when the twirly-whirly finally works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to, to like, kind of fit this back into the reality that I've recreated here, it would be that, like, uh, the belief is directly cited as, oh, it's the power source, now it has enough energy to support the fly mechanism, da-da-da-da. Yeah. Um, also, I, I want Edison to have more of a purpose. Yes. Because he's really, like, if this was me in the 90s, he would be Journey's love interest at 10 yeah. years old. But he's not, he's just another child for her to interact with, which is mm-hmm. good, but he has no purpose beyond he's a, a, the worried kid that Journey interacts with so that she interacts with more than one person while she's in town. Yes. So I want Edison to be a bit of a parallel of Gus. And I, I my thinking is that after Gus tries to approach Journey and she shuts him down, uh, during the snowball fight, Gus tr- approaches Edison and he tries to play on Edison's insecurities. It's like, you want to be a great inventor, but uh, Dronicus isn't letting you. And he held me back the same way. Uh, like, I don't know, maybe we'd throw a villain song in there for him, like, kind of trying to convince him, or maybe it would even be a reprise of Diego's whole song, convincing Gus to steal. And mm-hmm. now he's like, we should, like, you should steal my stuff, or you should steal stuff from Jeronicus, and then we can go into business together, and then you can be my apprentice instead of Jeronicus's apprentice. Mm-hmm. I don't, I still don't think Edison would, because I think Edison would, like, foreshadowing Edison would say, like, no, I don't believe you. I believe I believe that Jeronicus is the greatest inventor. And if I follow him, then I can be the greatest inventor. And you're just a fraud. And then, I uh, know, he'd probably kick him in the shins. Yeah. And then with the snowball fight, I... So it starts off as just, like, Journey and two girls and Jeronicus and three other boys. And they, like, do a snowball fight against each other. Um, it's also really cute because it's got, like, a whole Afrobeat number going on in the background. Then they end up doing, like, Afrobeat dances, like, <laughs> to basically heckle each other. Cool. Um, and then, like, in the end, it evolves into a big snowball fight between everyone. But I want to make that an actual, like, set piece instead of just, like, and then they snowball fight to the end. Mm-hmm. And so I want it to be a whole thing where everyone is fighting and everyone's happy. And that happiness powers Buddy up again. Because this yes. would be, like, shortly after Dronicus is like, don't stop messing with your mom's old things. She... Like, I didn't love her properly, and she doesn't love me anymore, and it's what I deserve, and her stuff isn't going to work because I wasn't able to teach her properly. Mm-hmm. So, but after that, when Dronkus is, like, finally starting to get a little lighthearted again, like, this powers up Buddy, and Buddy looks out the window, and he's like, ooh, a snowball fight! And he runs out, and he also just starts partaking in the snowball fight, and, like, that's when Jeronicus sees him, and he's like, wait a second, Buddy, he is real! <laughs> but then during the snowball fight... Uh, Gus is going to see Buddy, and he's going to basically kidnap him. Mm-hmm. And so then they'll like they'll to try and like find him, but then the snowball fight is in full force, and they can't get there in time. And so Jeronicus is like, "Okay, you kids need to stay here. I'm going to go negotiate with Gus and find a way to get him back." Mm-hmm. And Journey and Edison will be like, "Okay, we'll definitely stay here." And then as soon as Jeronicus leaves, they turn to each other. We we have to go too. We have to hitchhike our way there, sneak in, <laughs> because uh, we've both interacted with Gus and he's being real mean about stuff. And I don't think he's going to let Buddy go. Yeah. So while Jeronicus is hitching the ride with Miss Johnston and like she's trying to convince him, like she's at this point she's not even trying to convince him to go out with her. She's just like, can you please like be nice, just a little bit nicer? Yeah. 
Like you, you look so nice when you're with your granddaughter. Like, like, don't you, have you considered maybe being not curmudgeonly with everyone? <laughs> yes, that would be very nice. And meanwhile, I don't know. Let's say that uh, Journey has invented, a, or not actually not Journey. Let's give Edison something else to do. Let's say Edison yeah. has invented a motorcycle. <laughs> okay, cool. Or some kind of go kart, and they use the go kart to zip past and actually get there before. <laughs> And before uh, Johnston and Jeronicus. <laughs> and then maybe they don't notice because, like, uh, he, she is like, gets in a real intense, uh, romantic, like, the eyes, eye lock with him, like, finally gets through to him, and they're so Hi. entranced with each other that they don't see the two, two children riding a go kart just, <laughs> <laughs> Yes! <laughs> also, while this is happening, um, oh, right, okay, so this was, this was the song I wanted to adjust. So, in the original, when they are, like, everyone is making their way, making their way, when they're all making their way to Gus's factory, uh, th- there's no musical number. Yeah. But when Jessica arrives back in town and Jeronica is trying to repair Buddy, there is a musical number called Make It Work. And it's all about trying to make things work again, both with okay. Buddy and with regards to the relationship between father and daughter. I want to take that song out of there and put it up here, and I want this to be, like, the massive multiplayer musical number. Okay. Like, not the act ender, because it's near the end, but this is what essentially be there one day more. Yeah. Um, and I want to add Gus and Diego into it, and I want to add the kids into it, because the kids are going to be singing it while they're racing to get there. Dronkas is going to be singing it while he's trying to get there and fix, like, not physically repair Buddy, but fix the situation he has caused by, like, not believing his granddaughter because he's like, oh, if I only believed her in the first hand, then I would have been able to, like, present Buddy and he never would have been stolen by Gus. And if I hadn't messed things up with Gus, then I wouldn't have, like, been in the situation in the first place. Yeah. Uh, Gus is going to be seeing it because, like, I finally have this robot, but it's not doing the things I saw it doing, so I need to figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm going to have Jessica. Now, either... The, I'm on the fence. Either it's the same situation as in the movie where Jessica sent her daughter to visit her father just to see, like, if they would get along and she's gonna come pick her up later, or if Journey basically fabricated, like, both sides of the conversation. Like, she fabricated a letter from her her grandpa saying, let Journey come over, and she fabricated a letter from her mom saying, yes, Journey can come over. Or if Journey has hooked up some kind of steampunk phonograph... That just makes Jessica assume that she is still in her room. And when Jessica finally finds out, she's like, oh no, she's the, the child has gone rogue. I kind of like that third option. <laughs> okay, good. So the child has gone rogue. Jessica starts singing her uh, verses and make it work. As she like goes to her garage and she involves that she's also still inventing stuff. She has invented, like I don't know, either her own motorcycle or a flying machine. And she yes. like pull, pulls the Beyblade ripcord to get it go. And she is flying <laughs> over to... They also never named the town that Dronicus is in, but she's flying over to Dronicus' town yeah. to try and find out what's going on. And so we get to the factory. The kids have arrived there first. They try to break Buddy out, but they're caught by uh, Don Juan Diego and security, and they're locked up. And Gus is going to be like, so you are Dronicus's granddaughter, hmm? Well, if you fancy yourself an inventor too, maybe I should just start taking your ideas instead. Hmm, okay. Uh, but then... Actually, you know what? No, actually, scratch that, change that. Gus isn't going to say that, but Don Juan is going to be like, well, if uh, if uh, Gus cannot think of his own stuff, then we'll just steal ideas from you, children. Hmm? Ha ha ha. 
Um, then the sinister mandolin in the background. Because there's always a sinister mandolin in, with yeah. these characters. <laughs> uh, but Gus does not know that the children have been captured. And it'll be uh, Geronicus like, going into Gus's office before like the meeting with the investors and try to convince Gus, like, hey... Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry things didn't work out between us. I don't know what I did wrong, but I wish I could, like, I've been trying to apologize, but I've never found the words. It's been that way with everybody in my life. I could never find the right words to apologize. Gus is, Gus is going to fly off the handle like, you never liked me, you never respected my inventions. I asked you for weeks to help me with my twirly-whirly, and you never did anything. All you said was to believe in myself. And Jeronicus will be like, well, yeah, but that's the thing, is that... D deep down, you kept thinking that you needed me to succeed, but that you could always make the twirly-whirly work. You just had to believe in your abilities instead of like relying on me to fix it for you. Um, and that's when Don Juan would be like, Oh, nonsense! Uh, da -da -da -da. Uh, Gus can't invent anything on his own. That's why we have to capture our own inventors. Why we have two little children inventors in lockup right now. Uh, and then Gus will be like, wait a second, I never, why do we have children, like, in, in the security pins? <laughs> why do we have a dungeon? Why do we have children there? <laughs> and obviously Dronk is like, why, why do you have, yes, why do you have my granddaughter, my apprentice in your dungeon? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, th at this point, through some variety of, like, pseudoscience and magical realism, uh, Don Juan becomes a kaiju. Cool. My th my thinking, which I was figuring out like in the last few minutes before we started this recording, was that because of an error in Don Juan's like engineering, like because he's also he's not powered by belief, he's powered by desire. Uh, because it was like Dronicus first it was Dronicus's desire to like set, get his family set off to the big leagues, and then it was Gus's desire to become just like a mega corporation billionaire. But now it's become like a, a feedback loop of Don Juan's own desire to be the best and to be one of a kind. Yeah. That was the other thing, is that Don Juan like didn't want to be mass-produced. He wanted to be the only sentient Matador action figure. Okay. But anyways, this feedback loop of greed and desire coming from Don Juan just basically turns him into an Ultraman-sized kaiju Matador. Rather Buddhist right there. I guess so. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love when this podcast does an accidental Buddhism. <laughs> so, uh, the kids use this situation to break themselves out of the security pen, and they rescue Buddy. Buddy immediately powers up because they've always believed in him, and so they're running through trying to escape while Don Juan is basically smashing his way through the factory. Uh, like, there's the, the hype man. Is like, is like trying to stall the investors as they're getting like really concerned, especially because the last invention didn't go off so hot. It's there is a in the original movie, everyone is super super excited for the first investors meeting because that's a whole musical number, and the second number it's like here comes the magic man Gus, and everyone is like, <laughs> so yeah, just cut to the really like bored milquetoast investors, and all of a sudden the giant foot of a doll crashes through the ceiling, and they're like, ah! And they have to run out. Yes. <laughs> um, there's going to be a situation where... So we're going to keep the pipeline thing from the original, but Journey and Edison have to figure it out like with each other, and they're like figuring out the formula together, and that's when Edison will also finally like latch on to the equations with abstract concepts idea, and they're, they're able to figure out the root of... They're screwed if possible. 
Yeah. I'll keep that in just because Journey has her own, her own really good like I am song called the square root of possible. So like I gotta keep that in. It's it's a uh, it's arc. It's for it's foreshadowing. It's plots. It's themes. Yes. Anyways, so they're the two kids are able to get out of the pipeline on their, their own, but Buddy is still damaged. And then, like, at the top of the highest tower, Gus and Dronicus have fled, and, like, Gus just so happened to be holding onto the twirly-whirly, and Don Juan, like, shows up as, like, basically Chernabog. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And they're like, oh, we can't escape, we're never survive a fall from that height. And Dronicus will be like, oh, but what if we flew down? And Gus is like, but we can't, we just have this. Like, And Dronicus like, this is the time. Like, I've always believed in you, now you just have to believe in you. <laughs> And then the Twirly Whirly will finally have enough power, and they they both grab onto it and fly down on this basically little, like, drone thing. But yeah. they're able to jump off and fly to the ground while Diego smashes up the rest of the factory. Uh, it's at this point where Jessica pulls up in her uh, motorcycle, and she's like, what's going on? Oh my god, is that my daughter? Oh my god, is that my dad? What the- Oh my god, is that a kaiju matador? <laughs> and then... I don't know how they beat... See, I put a kaiju in here. Now I'm not sure how to stop it. Uh, Buddy turns into a... Into a zord? <laughs> maybe, maybe like the... How much everyone believes in each other and in Buddy is able to make like an EMP that shorts out Don Juan. Yeah, maybe. And he falls over and everyone's, everyone's like, wow, so that happened. <laughs> um anyways and then at this point uh gus is bit, maybe he's not fully he's definitely on the path to redemption he like he understands that he did wrong but also dronicus acknowledges that he also did wrong they reconcile with each other and then we get a like a variation on make it work that is more in line with the original movie where it is mm -hmm. specifically about the relationship between dronicus and jessica yeah. and it's more of a duet between the two because at least then we get a light, a light motif and a repeated musical cue. And you know me, I love repeated musical cues. Yes, you do. So we can just throw a little bit more of that in there, where it's very similar to the movie, where it is like uh, Journey and Edison have to go to bed, and it is Dronicus and Jessica who end up repairing Buddy, and he's able to fully work. And then the climax of the film. The original film, it was like, first Gus shows up to accuse him of stealing, and then he gets arrested when he reveal it's revealed that he's the, the thief. And then the, the banker shows up, and he's like, ah, oh, we gotta shut this place down. And they're like, but what if we had a robot with telekinesis? And he's like, you're right, that's sensational. Here's a bag of money. <laughs> In this version, I think it would be better if the, like, when the banker shows up and he sees uh, Buddy, he's like, well, that's great. We can seize this as an asset. <laughs> Yeah. And they're like, like we, well, we can't seize Buddy because he's a thinking robot. And also, we can't mass produce Buddy because he's a thinking robot. And, you know, even if Don Juan Diego was, like, an evil matador toy, he still had a kind of a point because, like, it'd be weird if we cloned him. Yeah. Um, and so then it's going to be, like, basically the... Basically, it's gonna be, like, the end of It's a Wonderful Life, where, like, the community, like, they've also, like, gotten their belief in Dronicus back, because it's gonna be all these people, like, when they were kids, they went to Jangles and things, and there were so many cool toys and stuff, and then it had to close because of whatever happened. Uh, but, like, now they've seen Buddy, and they've seen the, all, the whole Jangle clan working together. And so then they basically, like, well, here's, here's somebody I can spare, like, like, does that pay the rent for this month? And here's, some more and here's some more and it's the community 
comes together around the Jangles to help fund the store, and it's enough for them to get back on their feet. And then by the time, like, by the end of the next month, now they're once again self-sustaining. And Dronicus realizes that he, like, he didn't want to become, like, a huge franchise, like, a huge mega corporation like Gus was. He just wanted to be able to always be inventing cool things for his family and his community. Yeah. And Gus has also learned that. And maybe, like, Gus has his own store, but it's, like, it's a store the size of Jangles and things. And they're not in competition with each other. Actually, like, it could even be, like, the ending has Gus going off, like, oh, I'm going off to, like, the next town over to invent Gustafsons and things. <laughs> And Drunk is like, ah, oh, that's it. I can't wait to see. I, I can't wait to see what you come up with, kid. Uh, and then, yeah, and the whole family's together. And we don't have to worry about a framing device because we didn't need it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give Felicia Rashad something else to do. Mm-hmm. Also, Dronicus and Mrs. Johnson are, like, explicitly together now. Okay, cool. And that's it. We, I, I jingled the jangles. <laughs> yes. Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yes that's the if, if you're ever not sure about a movie just like ramp up the themes about believing in yourself and throw in a kaiju <laughs> that's now, the christmas lesson we can take away now that i think about it i'm like could we throw in like a christmas theme version of that one bc boy song where the music video is set in tokyo where they're fighting a kaiju intergalactic yes <laughs> <laughs> the christmas themed Mariachi-esque <laughs> steampunk cover of Intergalactic. Yes. <laughs> I think at that point, like, the whole score just becomes its own original beast, which is probably good because, like, yeah. this, it's not a jukebox musical. It's all original songs. But yeah. I definitely like the, the, the location you're aiming for. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a bonus song or something. <laughs> <laughs> the hidden bonus track on the CD. Yes. <laughs> No, that sounds like a really fun Christmas movie that I would totally pop on for the younger cousins while I uh, drink my face off. Yeah. And I mean, like, like again, I've said multiple times, it, it is a good movie. And like, yeah, the old kids would absolutely eat it up. It's yeah. just like there are a few there are a few little like bits and bobs that rubbed me the wrong way. And so yeah. this is just me saying, you know, I, I like this. But what if this? Yes. <laughs> I've just rearranged the Lego blocks a little. Yes. Uh, it's worth checking out. It is worth... Uh, finding another way to watch it because, you know, don't, don't, I'm trying to take some time off of Netflix because of their bullshit Dave Chappelle opinions. Yeah. Uh, don't put your faith in corporations, kids. Yeah. That's, that's also another thing the movie kind of says. Mm-hmm. And our version just more explicitly, like, don't, don't go to Amazon, buy toys from the local uh, developer. Yes. <laughs> anyway, now it's time for our friendship promo. And you can't spell that without G. Can animals survive in space? Where do astronauts go to the bathroom? Is Pluto a planet? Is the moon really made of cheese? Hi, I'm Brian Holden. And I'm Meredith Stepien. And we're going to answer all of these questions and more on our brand new show, Reach, a space podcast for kids. Built for kids and based on questions from kids, Reach will feature fun interviews and stories, as well as experiments you can do at home in association with experts and thought partners from leading institutions like the Adler Planetarium and many, many more. The first season of Reach begins June 16th, 2020. Make sure you subscribe to Reach, a space podcast for kids, now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Sounds like
Soundsington Media. Hey, Meredith, did you know that space is completely silent? I did not know that. Now you do. Uh, hey, Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? I can be found on Twitter at LindsayM476. It's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my social media bullshits from there. Tana, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You First, and they're pronounced BELIEVE. You can also email us at notifireboutyourfirst at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your formulas that incorporate uh, abstract concepts. That's also where you can send us a French or promo, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put in a free ad for your podcast or YouTube or even your toy store. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can talk more about this show or others on the network via our Corner Podcast Discord. Our cover art, as always, is by Alex, and her work can be found on ptchew.com, and our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you like music of his own for your own. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 4 territory, the traditional lands of the Cree, Sotil, Assiniboine, and the homeland of the Métis. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Tanner. Do you have any sweet Boxing Day deals on hints? Well, this Boxing Day, we're going on an adventure in Camelot. <gasps> uh, now, is it some kind of quest? Oh boy, there will be some journeying, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, we'll talk about that in England's Greatest Time of Need next week. <laughs> But not if we reboot you first. Bye!